0: In Jesus' name, Amen. All right, I don't know if you heard about it, but today um, the Super Bowl was pretty good. I like I liked it this year. Um, I think Pat Mahomes and all of them they won. And they were having a celebration in um, Kansas Kansas City. Is that where? Where they were? Yeah. They were having a parade, Super Bowl parade. And there was a shooting today. How many of y'all heard about this? Yeah. And uh, at this point, I think one person died and then there's another. 22 that were injured. And I thought it was kind of strange that as we, 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 we listened to uh, or read some of the reports about this, that we were getting ready to come out here and teach tonight. And I thought it was pretty interesting that some people were commenting about what had just happened and listen to this one commenter said we were just sure we could have a safe wholesome civil society without watch this pervasive religious belief and strong intact nuclear families many of you will continue to insist this is possible even as our entire culture spirals into chaos notice they talk about the intact nuclear family. Commenter 2 said this, strong families create strong communities, strong communities create a strong society. It all starts with the nuclear family, but the progressives have destroyed this country. I thought it was pretty telling and interesting that as I get ready to come out and talk about this, that um, that they started talking about the nuclear family. I believe that one of the issues with the whole love and relationship stuff in church with Christians is that we're very myopic in our view, we're very short-sighted, and most of the time it's about us. It's about us not falling back in sin and us keep choosing the wrong person and us choosing another guy that's a loser or another woman that's not right and all of this stuff. But most people don't see the big picture of what's going on. I want to ask you and I want you to think about it. How many of you came from a family and some of you may have so don't be ashamed of that. You came from a family where your biological mother and father were married and your biological grandmother and grandfather married just one time, no separation, no step-grandfathers and grandmamas. Three, and your great-grandmother and grandfather Stayed together. Show me your hand. Let me see. Not many. I want to answer it again. Your mother and father married, stayed together throughout your whole life. Your grandfather and grandmother stayed together. And then your great-grandfather and grandmother stayed together. Only married one time. Let me see here. Mm-hmm. Not many, not many, not many. Now, if we ask that question, we could follow up with that question of: If you had three generations intact, how many of y'all came from poverty? Let me see your hands on that. All three generations, but you still came from poverty. You're middle class, you in poverty. Partner. partner. Very few people. And the reason is that when families stay together, let's get down to this. When a girl preserves herself, come on, somebody. It's not a T H O T. We don't know what that means. Okay. When she preserves herself, a man preserves himself. Get with her. Do you know what happens? That generation has wealth. that It passes down to the next generation. Is that true? They raise their kids to do the same thing. So that produces a second generation of people who has wealth. And education, by the way. All right? And then they pass that down to a third generation. The reason why most of us struggle financially is because people could not make good decisions in the area of dating and sex. Think about if you, I want you to think about this. If you could go back in time, there was a movie called Back to the Future. If you could go back in time and talk to your mama about who she was dating, which was going to become your father you tell, would you give them some different advice? See, it all starts at this level. (laughs) It starts in high school. For me, it started in middle school because I made decisions at 13 that changed the rest of my life forever. How many of y'all know you can make decisions when you're young that will change your life forever? So we're gonna deal with we're gonna try to hit a lot of different different stuff tonight, and uh, and I want I want us to to be open to what I'm saying. But the the bottom line is we gotta look broader than just our own self. I know sometimes women on these days if they don't have nobody, I don't have nobody. And I'm just feeling bad because did nobody give me no Valentine's Day card. And didn't nobody buy me no candy. And nobody send me happy Valentine's Day. And it's all about just this very superficial stuff that has nothing to do with the bigger picture. Now, it all leads to the bigger picture. And, of course, you know, you can get into a right relationship and you can get a uh, you know, have a romantic stuff, and I, I, me and my wife been married 31 years, amen. And she got roses on last Wednesday. She got massage on Saturday. And went to dinner on Monday, amen. She got more stuff coming. But y'all, we made it through some some tough stuff, and we made hard decisions early on. Somebody say amen to that. Amen. Is my church in here? Yes. Okay. All right i I didn't told my church before we'll talk about it later when coming. but 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 if you if you know what I'm talking about if you know it's true you ought to say something to that All right. now I'm still in a learning mode because I am at this point fifty three not as young as I used to be so I'm learning all these new terms i'm I'm learning what what the what what people are talking about? What's trending on social media and stuff like that? We got we got some clips tonight uh, that we're gonna share a few of them, and uh, I'm learning I'm learning new stuff. Like um, my trainer at the gym, he's 25 years old. You know what drip me? Drip. You don't know what drip me? You know what drip me? You know These people all up here. Anybody here know what drip is? Oh my God. Cassie don't know what no drip is. You know what drip is? Mama, you know what drip is? She don't know what drip is. Anissa, you know drip? She thinks she know. Who knows what drip is over here? You know what drip is? What's drip? It's like your outfit's like swag. See, it's like, you got that drip, like, like tonight I got that drip, my shirt, I got that drip. I got that drip tonight. Okay, this is up? Did you know what that meant? No, I, don't, I didn't know. And uh, I was at a school, I was at a school, elementary school, and I, I, had, a, I had a ring on, a uh, championship ring. He's looking at my bracelet. Miss Long, you got that drip. I'm like, bro, what you talking about? I thought he was insulting me or something. So I'm learning, I'm learning. So y'all. There is some things going on in the culture. We're going to look at a couple of things. Uh, My son been telling me stuff. Uh, Red pill, anybody know what that is? I didn't know. I just found out today what that means. But I told you guys, I've been preaching for a little while. I told y'all that the pendulum was going to swing back. Y'all remember, I keep telling y'all. So here's what happens. Culture gets so wild over here that, I mean, I think it's so wild, like you can't go but so far. Then people in the culture start pushing back to the other direction. Because that's the only unexplored thing is once you done did all this over here and had all the sex and had threesomes and foursomes and had all the OnlyFans, y'all, do you know there's a group? And these people aren't even saying, there's a group of dudes now talking about semen retention. Have you ever heard this? It's a, it's a non-porn movement that don't have to do with God or Jesus or the church. Did y'all know about this? They're not getting with girls no more. And uh, it's a whole thing. I'm, I'm just figuring it out. So tonight, we're going we're gonna to look at some of the stuff that the culture is saying. Some of the co- stuff that the culture is saying, all right? All right, let's go, Diamond. Play, play one of those clips. Let's see what we got. Y'all ready? Y'all got to be ready tonight, y'all. Oh, this is a good one. I think, just
1: 39 they've been married for a while I was talking with her about some problems we were having in our marriage and she said Joyce what it sounds like to me is that your issue is is that you are married to a real man and a real man is not going to be ruled by a woman And that hit me like a ton of bricks and it immediately came to my mind when I was reading this excerpt. When she says, don't go down the path of expressing criticism, disapproval, and an ultimate lack of acceptance for your husband because it may cause rebellion, she's telling the truth. A real man is not going to allow himself to be a pushover to the woman he has chosen.
0: Is there any woman that disagrees with that? Any man? Is there a man that agrees with that? Is there anybody in this room that's breathing? Let me see your hand. Okay. Anybody got a reaction to this clip? This is a random clip somebody chose. What you say? Come on, bro. Talk to us. What you think about that, bro? I
1: think.
0: Is that on? Um, I believe he's telling the truth or she was telling the truth about uh, a real man I think a real man wouldn't be or wouldn't want to be uh, pushed around by um, a woman because he, he would be a leader in order to be a leader he can't be pushed around he could um, it, seek advice and things of that nature but I don't think he could be pushed around and want to be pushed around in that nature alright anybody, anybody agree with that I thought this was kind of crazy, I mean, don't see most black women talking like that. Who else would do have a woman that agree? You wanna talk, come on. I know the
1: I think the only part that really bothers me is when they say a real man and using that terminology um, as far as referencing a man in general, I think that the terminology should be a good man um, compared to a real man because a man is already a man based on his genetics and his biological build. Now, I love this.
0: Can somebody help me with a mic, please? Pass the mics around. All right. Anybody else got something to say on this? Who else got something to say? Anybody else? Alex, you got something to say on that? What you think about that? You got something? Say something about that. What you think?
1: Um. Ha! <laughs> Are you married? I am married, but that well, kind I mean, was off. I need to have something to say. I,
0: it, I it was know. on
1: the spot. Um. So, I I mean, I agree with the the real man, and I understand what she's saying. But, you know, there is there is a difference. Sometimes you have kind of soft men versus like a man that's there to rule his home and be the band around the home. Whew. And you so if, if we're talking about a real man, then we're really talking about a man that's a provider. He is a band around the home. He leads and he rules well.
0: All right, play another clip. Let me see. Wait a minute. You got something say? Say it. Um, so I'm in agreement. I don't, I don't. No, you don't need, because we need to hear you, okay. and you. Other people need to hear you. Um, I, I agree with both
1: scientifically you are absolutely right a man biologically by default has all the requirements that it takes to make a man biologically a man but um in the essence of a husband there are different qualifications that would uh, that a man would have to have that would consider him good and real and that would make him a good husband man and cover all the bases so all hey,
0: right hey, we, we, we in it Play the next one. Oh, is this? Hey, bro, did you edit this one? I think she was talking crazy on it. Okay, go ahead.
2: The music was louder now.
0: The music was too loud. I couldn't understand All right, turn, hey, turn it down a little bit. Play another clip, cause I couldn't understand what she was saying. Okay. Okay, stop. Can y'all uh, stop? Stop, stop. Can y'all stop muting the sound? Just keep the sound up. Run it back so we can hear. Okay. No. Says the guy in the do (laughs) rag. The guy in the do rag. All right. Any reaction to that? Okay, let's go. You want to come over here? I feel like the
1: first video was like the response of a lot of like, you know, Gen Z millennial women. They don't want to respect or honor their husband or their man. They don't want to. They don't really believe in like he's the head of the household. They want to be the head too. And then the other clip is a rarity in today's society. To me, so but I think, I'm, the, I'm, I'm think the, the other second, lady was
0: a, so she was foreign. Oh I yes, think. the second clip is what I'm what I like. Okay, so well, let's talk about the problems with it though. All right. Um. So c- bring, bring it over here. Come on up here, Curtis. Um. Uh, bring it up here. So, what, what's the problem though with American women, black women, saying that I'm gonna submit and be obedient to a husband, black man in our culture? What do what you think might be problematic? Or why they might have a problem with that?
1: Um, I think it's a lot of things. You know, at the beginning you asked if, you asked how many people traditionally had families intact. Mm-hmm. A lot of people have not seen examples of marriages. The people in their, the marriages, if they had any marriages, the people didn't stay together. That could be one reason and it makes them have fear. And then the men in their own lives have dogged them out, so that makes them have fear and resentment. So just everything that, you, that people experience in society makes them not want to be submitted because you think well what is there to submit to
0: right and what, what am i obeying and is this going to really work out and is this dude going to cheat on me is he going to beat me or is he going to take all the money and I pay all the bills yeah. something like that right yeah okay go
2: when you look at the stark differences between the two the second woman She spoke with reverence for her husband. Before he was her husband, you could tell that just by the way she looked at him, that there was not just love, but honor between the two. The second woman, I mean, sorry, the first woman, she seemed more like she was there, but not really. Based on even what the pastor was saying, no, we went over this in counseling, and she was saying, no, we missed that part. Those were the parts where she talked about where he talked about the hard parts. It's not always going to be good. So he knew in that moment that she was not going to be there. When his finances got low, she wasn't going to stay. If he got sick, she wasn't going to stay. That other woman, she made it abundantly clear. I'm here for you.
0: Good. Now, I'm going to tell you what I noticed about the first woman and the man. First dude, he kind of looked like he was... Little play play too. Yeah, earring and stuff. The other dude didn't handle earring and he was laughing and playing and the other dude looked like he was well put together. So a lot of times is is what 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 we're going into, like my wife said. Play one more clip and we're gonna get into this. It's a good dialogue tonight. Go ahead. And tell you, is marriage visible? Ask these questions. Do you
1: work hard? Do you masturbate? Do you smoke?
2: responsibility. She wants a man who her daughter can look up to and who her son can look up to. God is a marriage
0: To that? Anybody? Did y'all hear what he said? Like, wait a minute, everybody been reacting to the women. Ain't nobody got said nothing about the men? I thought the women be saying something about this. No reaction to this? Go ahead. Pass the mic.
1: Um, The more you go outside of your marriage to find happiness, the sadder you're going to be. Because a lot of times, the happiness is right at home. It's right where you can see it, where you can feel it, where you can experience it. It may not always be perfect, but marriage takes work. Like You can't just get mad and go gamble and think that, oh, if I go hang out with the guys for 30 minutes or an hour is going to make everything that happened at home go away. No, you're going to have to go home and you're going to have to address it. And if you keep sweeping things under the rug, eventually you're just going to have a pile of things with something on
0: top. All right. So we got, we got men that want, want all this from a woman, but then I'm going to tell you, <laughs> I was talking to a man today, you know, these guys, they have a beautiful woman in the room or something. And they, you got to tell them, I've, I've had to tell guys in counseling, hey, bro, can you get off a of call of duty with your friends? You, you playing with some other men, right? And you got a, a whole woman sitting up in there waiting on you? Like that's, that's crazy. That's weird to me. And so sometimes uh, you, got, you got guys that's not bringing it, and they want the wife to obey and submit and all that kind of stuff. So we've got a lot of problems in society. We got a lot of problems with these relationships and people coming into marriage because of the baggage of what we saw coming up, what we experienced, what we saw our mama go through or what we saw our daddy go through or what have you. And then there's that we've gone through things, especially, you know, if uh, if you started dating in high school or, or whatnot, went over into college or your college years, young adult, and all the things that we've experienced. So, um, here's the question. A lot of people, even in the church, are not even decided on whether they want to get married or not. I have met so many people in church that say, man, I don't know if I want to get married. I don't know if I want that lifestyle. I don't know if I want to go through that, that drama, those problems. And, um, and so, so we're gonna we're gonna deal with some of that tonight in the word of God. All right. Let me just see a show of hands in here. How many of y'all are not married? Let me see here. You are unmarried. Okay. Keep your hands up, keep your hand up. And you're unmarried and you wanna be married. Put your hand down if you do not want to be married. So some hands went down. Some hands went down. All right, let's talk about it tonight. Are y'all ready? All right. So let's get in this word. Uh, We got a couple more clips. We're going to show some, too. Uh, But I want to get in this word. Number one, um, I'm going to hit it from another angle tonight. I want to go to uh, 1 Corinthians 10.32. This is one of the scriptures that brought me a lot of revelation. When it comes to being a Christian in the Bible and, like, it helped me make sense of a lot of stuff. Number one, it says, give none offense to the Jews, Gentiles, or the church of God. Now, he's talking about something in particular, but it identifies the only three groups of people on earth that God acknowledges. You're either a Jew, true Israelite, right? Right? You're a Gentile. Gentile means that you're non-Jewish. I'm going to tell you what it also means, what meant was, in the Bible times, you were unclean. You were unclean because you worshiped idols. You were unclean sexually. You were unclean because of the, your dietary things that you ate and all that kind of stuff. So you were just unclean all the way around. Gentile mean you unclean. Gentile mean you're wild. Gentile mean you're wicked. Gentile means you serve other gods and other things, and you do not serve the true and living God. And everything that you do in your life is controlled by your Gentilian nature. Does everybody understand that? So either you're a Jew, The people of God set apart for God, you are a Gentile, wicked, wild, unclean, or you're part of the church of God. How many people we got that are part of the church, been born again? You ought to give God some praise on that. I don't think we got no Jews in our church that got saved. So every most of us, every one of us that I know of, we were Gentiles, and we got born again, and we became a part of the church of God. Is that true? Amen. Now, this is going to help you make sense of all this stuff that we talk about with dating and sex and all that kind of stuff. I want you to look at it. So, what happens is... <clears throat> When the church, first church, first started, Peter was the first pastor of the first church. It's so funny. Let's go to uh, Acts chapter 15, verse 1. And we, we, we've been studying this since our fast. We, we went through the book of Acts. But I got stuck right here at Acts chapter 15. Uh, look at this. And certain men which came down from Judea, they were Christians. Taught the brethren and said, "Except you be circumcised, the manner uh, after the manner of Moses, you can't be a Christian." All right now, let me be very explicit about what circumcision is. Circumcision was where they cut the foreskin off a of man's private parts. Now, when I read this, I read the Bible with a very um, Realistic mind. I don't I try not to read it through religious lens. Try to take all the religious lenses off. So the first question I asked was, how would they know whether I was circumcised or not? Because number one, Gentiles, we do a lot of sexual wickedness stuff, but in our mind, all our stuff is private. Yeah, we put it on Facebook and Instagram, but yet we supposed to have these private lives and don't nobody know what we into and don't nobody know nothing. And we, we have tongue rings, but don't nobody know what we into. And we like, I mean, it's like we do all this stuff that signal what we do, but yet what we do is private. That's the confusion of Gentiles. But in the Jewish culture, they would know whether or not you were circumcised. So how would you know? Well, somebody got to look. You look like a Gentile. Let me check and see if you're circumcised. Bro, what's up? <laughs> I'm just coming to church. You come in the church, but they had to know where you were sexually. Do y'all get this? Now the Jewish culture was like that. Your sexual activity and practices were personal but they were not private. Let me, let me share this with you. In the Jewish culture, so you know how in our culture you get married and you go off on the honeymoon. Y'all, y'all know that? Now generally speaking, you don't take your mom on your honeymoon, right? You don't take your brothers on your honeymoon. You don't take your dad on the honeymoon. The honeymoon is private. You are somewhere, don't, you know, even if they know, oh, they went to Jamaica. They don't know where you at. They don't know what room you in. They don't know what's going on. It's, it's private. In the Jewish culture, do you know your honeymoon was not private? In the Jewish culture, let me tell you what would happen. You would have a wedding they would have a tent right outside the wedding with a bed in there. You would go in the tent with your wife and you would have the first intercourse. Now, here's how crazy it was. After you had intercourse, your daddy, your mama, and the elders would go in and check the sheets. The whole town would know whether the sheets had blood on it, which meant they would know whether the girl was a virgin or not. It was all public. And the reason that they did it like that was because they were trying to preserve the family. And God knew that if people got bugwalled in relationships, going from bed to bed, that that would break up the nuclear family as we've seen it do in our country. Somebody say amen. So it wasn't about embarrassment. It was about accountability. I can't hear nobody. It was about, account- everybody say accountability. So there was peer pressure in the culture. Like it was like in our culture, people laugh at you if you are a virgin. In their culture, you would get stoned if you weren't. Because if that woman came out of that tent with her husband, there was no blood, he found her not to be a virgin, she would be disgraced and she could be stoned. Does everybody understand what I'm saying? So the Jews, the Gentiles, the church of God, so they were saying, y'all, these Gentiles, they off the chain. They're not coming in here with all the uncleanness. All right. So look at what happens. Let's go to um, the 20th chapter of the, of the 15th, 20th verse of the 15th chapter. They started arguing about all the laws and what the, the Gentile guys had to do. And I'm going to tell you, if I was a grown Gentile dude, 40 years old, and they told me I had to be circumcised to be saved, I would have probably said, hey, uh, (laughs) I think I'm going to be a Muslim or something because you're not going to circumcise me. I'm 40, right? So they came up with three rules for the Gentiles, and we're all Gentiles in here before we got saved. They said, number one abstain from pollutions of idols and number two from fornication, number three from things strangled and from blood. So the Jews were so strong on relationships, on marriage, on sexual purity because number one, Jesus, the Messiah, was coming through their bloodline. And God set it up so they could preserve the family. What does this have to do with the whole dating game? I want to show you a couple more things. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 7, 1 through 2. Now concerning the things whereof you wrote unto me, it is good for a man not to touch a woman. Nevertheless, to avoid fornication, he's writing to Gentiles, these were Corinthian people, to avoid fornication, let every man have his own wife, let every woman have her own husband. 1 Corinthians 7 and verse 8, he said, I do though tell the unmarried and the widows The singleness, this is from the message version, might be the best thing for them, as it's been for me. But if they can't manage their desires and emotions, they should by all means go ahead and be married. Listen to what it says. The difficulties of marriage are preferable by far to being sexually tortured as a single. Now, he's talking about sexual torture because... If you are single and you are a Christian, you should not be doing what? I can't hear nobody. I can't hear nobody. Yeah, you shouldn't be doing that. And so, if the longer you stay unmarried, because those urges are physical and natural, then you will be tortured. That's what it's saying. So rather than being tortured as a single, you should get married. Now, I don't find a lot of sexually tortured single people in churches. Do y'all know why? Do y'all know why? Do y'all know why? I can't hear nobody. Why? Because people in church that are single and that are Christian are doing what? They having sex. They love God, they having sex. And we live in a time now when pastors, churches are changing the word of God to make people feel better. But y'all, I'm gonna tell you tonight, if you wanna be married, and I saw a lot of hands go up, if you wanna be married, you gotta handle this area right here. If you wanna be married, y'all, I'm telling you, and you talking about somebody. That was out there in college. I was doing it all. I mean, it was, it was you know they they had just come up with the threesome stuff and all that in college, and and all the all sex and stuff that that was in the in the late eighties and the nineties. All that stuff started coming in, and it was wild in college. It was wild. I was at a university. People was doing everything you can think of, and y'all, I'm gonna tell you, it wasn't until it wasn't until I made a commitment in this area, me and my roommate. Matter of fact, me and my roommate, we made a commitment that we was not gonna do it no more until we got married. My roommate was the quarterback. Y'all remember, <coughs> women, black women. Y'all remember this, uh, the perms. Y'all remember the perm. It was a. It was it nine? I don't know if they still got perm perm boxes. They still got perm boxes in the. Thing? They do. Okay. It was a prayer called "Dark and Lovely." Y'all remember "Dark and Lovely"? Y'all remember that? I ain't know if everybody remember. That. Okay, so you know, it was a girl. You know, them girls on "Dark and Lovely" blocks, they they pretty, real nice models. Yeah. My roommate went with he, His girlfriend was one of the girls on the "Dark and Lovely" blocks, and he stepped away from that, and uh, I stepped away from what I was doing, and I say, we say, "Hey, no more of this." So the first thing that you got to do, if you're serious about being married, being used to God, God using you, to number one, build wealth, build a whole nother generation. Y'all, and I'm gonna tell you, I've been through all kinds of stuff. And the reason why many of us have a hard time in this area, number one, like my wife talked about, how do we grow up? A lot of us was molested, we was exposed to sex early. We was doing all kinds of stuff and all that kind of stuff. So, y'all, it don't make it easy. And, y'all, I'm a living live a witness who went through all of that. Somebody say amen.